Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey everyone, Roto World's Josh Norris here for the final episode of, I guess, week eight of the Roto World Football Podcast. If you have not, um, after this episode, you should listen to the Thursday episode with Ray Summerlin, Nick Menzio, and Rich Rebar. Um, that's good, obviously, through Sunday, so go check that out. But after this one, um, obviously, in the later part of this episode, I have Roto Pat, and I get to pick on his rankings each and every week. But always first is Evan Silva. Um, Evan, what's up, my man? How are you doing? What's up, Josh? I'm doing real well. Um, I wanted to start off because, you know, each and every week I ask about or ask if people could, you know, subscribe and review the podcast. I thought we would kind of give back to those people who have. So, Evan, I have three names for you. And if you could, just say something kind about each one. So the first one is Andrew Smith. Schmidt, excuse me. Andrew Schmidt, who gave a five-star review. So, Evan, if you could give a compliment, I would greatly appreciate it. Just a really, really handsome, handsome fella. Handsome devil? Really handsome. I'm yes. sure he's heard that his whole life. Um, what Dashing. About, what about Michael from Queensland, who also gave a five-star review? Not as good looking, but smart. Really smart. Really smart. Probably got like, what, uh, 1,800 on his SAT? Something like that? Is that possible? Uh, isn't the highest 1,600? I don't know. <laughs> but he probably got 1,800. He's that smart. And then the finally, final one, who he's called an easy listen, a five-star review, is Scotty2. What about Scotty2 Hottie? Really good at video games. Wow. Awesome. Like Call of Duty yeah. player, probably? Yeah, or like uh, Halo 7. <laughs> so if you want to get a fantastic compliment from Evan Silva, those were from iTunes. I'll go to Stitcher sometime. Just rate and review the podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Um, Evan, all right, obviously your matchups column is up on Roto World. It has plenty of football stuff in it about every single fantasy-relevant player each and every week. Let's hit on about five topics. The number one name you said this week, Evan, was the Barn Dog, Gary Barnage, going up against the New York Jets. How do you feel? And Titans are tough to come by. How do you feel about Gary Barnage this week? It's time. It is time for <laughs> Barnkowski. Uh, he's been really consistent in terms of his targets and his catches. Um, and he's been really efficient with his targets. I mean, he, he's playing really good football right now. And now we get back Josh McCown, who with Gary Barnage was, I mean, Gary Barnage put up like Rob Gronkowski S stats. That's how he, he earned the nickname Barnkowski. Um, in, week, in the week two start that Josh McCown made against the Ravens, 
uh, Corey Coleman just went off against Sharice Wright in that game, and Gary Barnage did not have a monster game. Uh, but Corey Coleman, of course, is out, and Terrell Pryor has struggled with a hamstring injury, only played 50% of the Brown snaps last week. I think we will see Gary Barnage be Josh McCown's go-to guy against a funnel defense. Um, you know, the, the Jets should not have a lot of problems uh, slowing down the Browns' running game, which has mostly struggled since they lost Joel Batonio, their left right. guard. Um and I think that this game goes over the total. I like to target games that I think are going to go over the total. And the total in this game right now is 43. Um, and I think that both sides can have offensive success in this game. I think the Browns have a shot to get their first win. Uh, and I, I like uh, the, the Josh McCown to Gary Barnage hookup. And Gary Barnage's price is just so low right now on daily fantasy sites, even though he's been catching a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, he just hasn't been scoring touchdowns. He wasn't getting a lot of any red zone action early in the season. Finally got a red zone target last week. And I think he gets into the paint this week and catches like five, six, seven balls too. Let's shift over to the, to the other side of, of this game. Um, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously there are a yep. lot of quarterbacks out on by. Um, I keep getting questions about streaming quarterbacks and like the, the names that everyone brings up are Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler, Alex Smith, maybe even Josh McCown, as you just mentioned. Um, do you like Ryan Fitzpatrick this week against the Browns? I mean, there's a lot to like. Yeah, I do. Um, the, the Browns have given up multiple touchdown passes in 15 of their last 16 games. The only quarterback that they faced during that 16-game stretch who did not have multiple touchdown passes against them uh, is the backup for the 49ers right now by the name of Blaine Gabbert. We know how bad he is. Um, He's Ryan almost Fitzpatrick, Brock Osweiler bad. Ryan Fitzpatrick is angry. He is angry, and uh, he—I mean—he's just so mad. He's seething. His face is red. He's grown out his beard. He's mad that, that the Jets—he felt like the Jets turned their back on him, and he's got something to prove. And this is a great spot to prove it. I mean, it's just—it's the best possible matchup for a quarterback. Every single time that we have streamed quarterbacks against the Browns. It has paid off. Joe Flacco had multiple touchdown passes. Carson Wentz was a top 12 fantasy quarterback in his first ever NFL game after playing 30 preseason snaps and playing college ball at Division II. I mean, uh, Ryan Tannehill had three touchdown passes against them. Kirk Cousins had three. Right. I mean, it's just – I think Ryan Fitzpatrick tears it up. And I think that Marshall gets going this week. And I like Quincy Inunua too. I mean, I like the matchups that the Jets have – in the passing game, Robbie Anderson also showed some big playability uh, down the field last week and also had a 30-yard gain on an end around. He, he's an explosive dude. Yeah, every quarterback has at least 16 points against the Cleveland Browns this year. Um, okay, how about Larry Fitzgerald against the Carolina Panthers? Um, I remember when Jake DeLome uh, back in the day had, what, that sixth turnover game? Uh, Larry Fitzgerald yep. completely dominated the Panthers in that uh, contest now he was playing on the outside then I believe obviously mm -hmm. now in the slot um, what do you think about Larry Fitzgerald fast forward about what eight nine years something like that love this matchup for Fitz he's got at least nine targets in every game that Carson Palmer has played start to finish so far he leads the NFL in targets inside the 10 yard line uh, Michael Floyd doesn't look like he's going to play hamstring Jerron Brown out for the year torn ACL John Brown don't really know what his health status is I mean I think he's going to play but I don't know how effective he's going to be you know is he going to be a clear out guy 
I, I'm not so sure. And I, th- you know, th- this the, the Panthers ha- have given up some really, really, really big games to opposing wide receivers, mm-hmm. playing about seventy percent of his snaps in the slot. Larry Fitzgerald's going to match up quite often with Robert McLean, a guy who we have targeted in the past with success. He, he's a small guy. Um, he's got a negative pro football focus grade in each of his last four games. He's been he had struggled with a hamstring injury recently. Uh, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald should should really really eat in this game. I think that he, if you're just talking touchdown probability right. um, among wide receivers in Week Eight, I think Larry Fitzgerald has as high of a touchdown probability as anybody on the slate. Up right up there with Mike Evans, right up there with Julio. Not to throw a curveball at you, um, but I would not be surprised. And they obviously had to do this last week because they were limited with corners. But I would not be surprised if Shaq Thompson sees quite a bit of snaps opposite Larry Fitzgerald. Um, it's it's something that they did, I believe, in the playoff game last year. And against mm-hmm. bigger slot receivers, they kind of prefer it. But obviously, he just got completely torched last week uh, against the smaller, shiftier wide receivers. So I think that's yep. an interesting wrinkle of that game. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Matt Asiata, Evan. Uh, the ass man is back uh, <laughs> against the Chicago Bears. Um, he's actually like really fantasy relevant um how relevant should he be this week uh, going against this bears front i want you to guess what matt asiata's 40 time coming out of college was <laughs> don't i don't i don't want like an exaggerated guess i don't right. want any hyperbole here right. i want an actual guess like you're trying to get okay. it right what his 40 time was uh i'm going to guess four six eight higher higher no way i was like at first i was gonna say four six three and then I was like, nah, it's going to be a little higher. It was higher than 468. What was it? Close, closer to Jeff Ota speed. What was it? 487. Evan, in high school, I ran a 488. <laughs> <laughs> so I, if, if I was one one hundredth of a second faster, I could be in Matt Asiata's shoes right now. Here's the thing, though. Matt Asiata is kind of good in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he catches passes. And I'm you know, not, I, so. <laughs> McKinnon, McKinnon was in a walking boot on Thursday. I mean, maybe they'll try to push him to be active a little bit and contribute on Monday night, but I, I, wouldn't, I would not bet on that. Um, and, I mean, Matt Asiata is, is in position for a full workload. The only other healthy back on the roster is uh, Ronnie Hillman, whose lone carry last week went for a six-yard loss. Um, Matt Asiata has 13 games in his career where he has seen at least 15 plus touches. He scored 11 touchdowns in those 13 games. He has a bunch of games with like multiple TDs. Um, and this is a game where just the Vikings should spend the entire contest in positive game script. I mean, I, I, I don't think that the Bears offense potentially missing both of their guards. Josh Sitton has a high ankle sprain. Kyle Long has a potentially severe uh, triceps injury. I don't think either of those guys are going to play. Neither practiced on uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, th- this is a really trouble spot for for the Bears offense. I think that J- Jay Everyone Cutler could involved, look really obviously. bad. Yeah, I think that Jay Cutler could look really bad in, in this game. Uh, in his, he played about six quarters to to open the season. Took eight sacks in those first six quarters, and the offensive line is in shambles against the best pass rush in the NFC. Yeah. Um, 
I, I love the Vikings defense, obviously, and Matt Asiata. I mean, he has a he has a shot at like twenty five touches and multiple scores. Do you have any feelings on Stephon Diggs this week? Um, because he obviously kind of faded away yeah. for a few weeks, and I think obviously now with so many buys, I've actually gotten a bunch of questions if they should play Stephon Diggs this week. I mean, I think he's okay in a third receiver spot. He yeah. he he ripped up the Bears twice last year in both of their games. Um, he's just he's been running his routes closer to the line of scrimmage and the Vikings passing offense. I mean, we we you know he was battling that groin injury, and then he come you know they come they come off the bye, and they just get mauled by the Eagles right. defensive front. I mean, Sam Bradford had took sixteen hits. He took six sacks i mean there just really was no no chance of formulating a a a functional passing offense last week and sam bradford's going to have a clean pocket most likely against the bears uh so i you know i like him as a third receiver and then we will reevaluate him after this week he's a good player let's finish out with the oakland running back situation um I mean, it was Jalen Richard, it was DeAndre Washington for weeks as Latavius Murray um, was injured. I actually dumped Latavius Murray in many situations after targeting him in some zero running back leagues. Um, And now he's back and he scored, what, two touchdowns last week? Uh, I have no investment in this backfield because I just do not want to deal with three running backs. But how do you see it unfolding maybe this week and if you can piece anything together besides that? Well, he came back and he played 60% of the snaps. I mean, he was the clear, clear – I mean, he was the feature back last week. He saw 20 touches. I think so DeAndre Washington – yeah, DeAndre Washington saw like five. Um, and I think that heading into Tampa Bay – I mean, it's just – it's going to be a situation where we're going to have to reassess it, you know, week after week. Um, I, I don't know what – what's going to be the deal in week 10. You know, I have no idea what the deal is going to be in, in week 11. Right. Um, all we can talk, all we can look ahead to is the next game and the Buccaneers have gotten healthy up front and they placed out run defense. And it looks like Latavius should see something like 14 to 19 touches. I would guess in a tough matchup. Latavius hasn't been very good in very efficient this year. So I don't really expect like a big yardage game. But if he's going to get those goal line carries, you know, he, he's an OK RB2 in season long leagues and then um, even in a tough matchup. And then after that, you know, we, we will reevaluate. You can all find more information just like this in Evan's matchups column, which is on Roto World right now. Evan, appreciate it as always, man. Talk to you next week. Awesome. And for everyone listening, there comes Roto Pat with his rankings. Next up is obviously Roto Pat with the pick on Pat rankings. Pat, I forgot to mention with Evan, this is episode number 50 of the Roto World Football Podcast. We started it last winter. Um, how thrilled are you to be on episode 50? It's quite an honor, you know, especially after the haters said it could never be done. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, especially this new platform called a exactly. podcast. Exactly. We've been pioneering a new – I see other people adopting the – I think if we said it on, yeah, podcast, right. two words, right? right? Okay. Not one word. Okay. Uh, it's a new, 
Yeah, we're pioneers. We're out in the void, the unknown. Should we and, be current and make like a Vine reference now and say that's like our <laughs> next platform that we're going yes, after? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I've, I've got a dozen Vines, the best Vines ever that I've been sitting on and I'm preparing to release in go. two weeks. There we go. So, yeah. I'm um, sure that'll, that medium will live forever. Pat, and I'm going to uh, appoint you as our head of Snapchat as well. I think you would do a great job at it. I've got to be honest, Snapchat is the very first technology ever that I kind of have tried to use and like actually been baffled yeah, I and like had, had to talk to my, I'm 30, my younger brother is 27 yeah. and he's like the uh, Snapchat Svengali. So <laughs> it's the first thing. Yeah. He ha- he has to teach me well, things now. You're the, you're the Snapchat Svengali and you have the podcast Pat. So Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Um, Pat, yeah. I do have something I want to say though. It's what? really a question. Like. A lot of people, since we've done 50 episodes, a few people have, have heard this before. But, like, what is your routine for buying underwear? Um, this is really important. It's very, very important. Uh, every w- once a year, I find how many of my current undergarments have holes, and that's how okay. many new ones I buy. So, do you, like, go to the store and get them? Do you, like, buy on bulk on Amazon, all that kind of stuff? It's kind of a mixture. I'm a 21st century man, so you know I ad lib. I do both. Well, I'm going to try to sell you because I was sold by Mac Weldon. Um, Mac Weldon produces comfortable men's basics. They have your trunks, your boxer briefs, your briefs, your boxers. They even have long underwear. Pat, where you live in places where it gets cold, um, and long underwear is not such a bad thing. Um, I'll say this, Pat. I used to go on like Amazon and order. Like do the average customer review and then find the first brand name and just buy like 30 of them. And now like I actually actively do laundry so I can wear these (laughs) Mac Weldon pieces of underwear. And if they don't suit your fancy, like I've even heard some people don't wear underwear, which is amazing to me. Whatever floats your boat. They they also have like T-shirts and V-necks and sweatshirts and hoodies. Like I know hoodies are a staple of of a uh, stay-at-home fantasy writer. So that's what I've heard at least. Um, and Pat, if you want to try Mac Weldon, you can go to MacWeldon.com and use the promo code ROTOFB to not just save 5%, 10%, 15%. Pat, it's 20% off. ROTOFB, R-O-T-O-F-B on MacWeldon.com. They actually are really comfortable. I'm serious. It sounds like something I need to do. Last time I bought underwear on Amazon, I... I did the top-rated underwear. Yep. It was jean, jean underwear. That uh, so no, nah, it's made up, but uh, yeah, like but. denim drawers. Was that the company name? <laughs> I think I, I might have just patented a new invention for Mac Weldon. Actually, jean underwear. You are um, going to go in Shark Tank and do <laughs> jean underwear. Uh, anyways, all right, let's move on to your rankings. Um, I mean, every single week, Pat, like I bring up some things and then I think like, yeah, okay, he's going to stump him here. And then after the week and the games are played, uh, you turn out to be correct. So that's not going to happen this week. But I do agree with you on this first one, Pat, because a lot of people are saying Brock Osweiler's a streaming option. Like he's the definition, the poster boy of not good at football. Um, (laughs) And you have him ranked as so as the quarterback 21 when there are just 26 quarterbacks really playing this week. Yeah, even that felt like egregiously high to me. I mean, you know, I'm assuming, you know, Rich Rebar, I believe, I think, you know, the Lions are supposedly like as good of a matchup as humanly possible, you know. But I would argue it's one of those situations where he's a better matchup for them than they are for him. I mean, I think he's 
basically that bad. I mean, clearly I hedged a little, and I've got him ranked as if he might throw for two touchdowns, which he's done a few times this year. But yeah, I'm not expecting any sort of pop-off. I mean, he was... I think his performance Monday night was the worst performance by any quarterback I've seen all season. It's, it's I mean, obscene, man. Just zero courage. I mean, I hate using that word, but I mean, throw, I mean, it was literally fourth and three with five seconds left in the game, and he threw short of the sticks. I mean, that, I just I had really never seen anything quite like Monday night. And with the Texans, why well, they have the fewest touchdowns in the league, I mean, he's averaging five point seven two yards per attempt. So, yeah, I mean, I think if anything, he'll help get the Lions right as opposed to them getting him right. How about Devontae Freeman at running back five? You know, a few weeks ago, Pat, it was really before the Packers had faced off against a true running back. You made that point, and you said Ezekiel Elliott was a a very, very good play, and he turned out to be, obviously, against the Packers. Um, They still have kind of, again, shut down a lot of running backs other than Ezekiel Elliott, but you think Devontae Freeman, obviously, at running back five is a really good play this week. Yeah, that's one thing. I sort of pioneered uh, hashtag Packers run defense exposed, yep. didn't I? You did. That's like my biggest hit so far this season. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'll mean, i say it again. I mean, before I get into why even like Freeman, why I still think the Packers aren't for real. I mean, I don't love their personnel. And then the, the running back, these are the lead running backs they faced. TJ Yeldon, Adrian Peterson. Uh, wait, no, I don't even know. No, not Adrian. What? Yeah, it was Adrian. The game where Adrian Peterson got hurt. So they faced an in, they injured Adrian Peterson after they faced an emergency start T.J. Yeldon in Week One. <laughs> then they faced Theo Riddick, who is not a running back. Correct. Then they faced Orleans Darkwa, who probably shouldn't even be on a 53-man roster. And they faced Jordan Howard last week. I mean, who got like you know, seven carries and was like in a nightmare timeshare all of a sudden. And the one lone legitimate running back they faced all year. Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys rolled up 191 yards rushing in that game. So I just do not think this is a stay away matchup. And Devontae Freeman, you know, very, very few running backs have been more impressive on film this year. I mean, with Tevin Coleman out, I think he might have you know, 30 touch potential. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the outer limits. But I mean, at least 20, probably 25. And you couldn't consider 30 crazy. So, yeah, I just don't see any real reason to shy away from Devontae Freeman this week. And he's also one of the best receiving backs in the league. So that obviously certainly Yeah, helps. just he's got yeah two two plies to his floor and just like so many different ways to get points. And, yeah, I mean, uh, this week I think I'm going to be uh, – yeah, I think Pac- Packers Exposed is going to really catch fire. Two plies week. to his floor. I've actually never heard that one. Um, <laughs> all right, Des Bryant is making his return most likely. And I'm actually shocked with how highly you have him rated, Pat. Um, Wide receiver seven coming off a multiple-week injury. We're not exactly sure how he fits in this run-oriented offense. Definitely run-oriented offense. Why are you so confident with Des Bryant as being a wide receiver one play this week? You know, I'd be lying if I told you that, like, uh, this didn't give me a lot of trepidation here. That's what uh, I'm here for. But so, you know, it's another one of those weeks where kind of everyone behind him has so many questions of their own where you got Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree kind of canceling each other out. You got Doug Baldwin who's having a weird year. You got Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson kind of canceling each other out. You got the weirdness with DeAndre Hopkins. D, you By know, weirdness, you mean, you mean Brock Osweiler being the quarterback. Yes, exactly. You got Brandon <laughs> Cooks facing the Seahawks defense. So you got Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas. You just like everyone who is like kind of fighting for like the 7 to 12 range just has like a lot of questions of their own this week. And, you know, the past we've seen Dak Prescott really kind of come into his own during Des Bryant's absence. And, you know, the past four games, including the game where Des got hurt, 
uh, in those four games, Terrence Williams, one of the worst players in the league, in my opinion. I know you still love him, by the way. I don't know if no, you still I didn't. do. No, I never I did. thought you loved him coming no, out of college. No, 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 no. I loved Kendall Wright coming that's out right, of That's right. That's right. That's I right. I hated Terrence. Well, I didn't hate Terrence Williams. That's a that's harsh right. word. I'm trying to be nice. Um, no, right. never been a fan. He's like the definition of just a guy. Because he, he went to Baylor, right? I mixed up my Baylor wide receiver. How dare anyways, you? I like the anyways. other one that's not very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyways, in four games... Those past four games, Terrence Williams has eclipsed 75 yards receiving three times. So I just think there's an opening there for Dez, who's been like you know, frothing to get back into the lineup. And, you know, just uh, he's a great football player. And I just decided to bet on Dez's talent and his role this week, as opposed to all the serious question marks behind him. I mean, clearly it could backfire extremely. But, uh, yeah, I'm just, you know, I've decided I'm, I'm betting on Des Bryant. You can see, you know, the Eagles defense has been great, but that secondary, too, is like kind of a weak spot for them. So, yeah, I just think it's a good week to bet on Des. Um, I would say one of the uh, biggest disappointments of the last few weeks is Julian Edelman since Tom Brady has come back. I mean, unless you're playing in a PPR league, he did score over 10 points last week. But if you're playing in a standard league, like he hasn't kind of gotten close. Um especially on average since Brady's been back. Like, it's one of those that, like, he's hashtag do because you know he <laughs> and Brady, like, have a connection and have shown it in the past. Um, but it just hasn't happened. But, Pat, you have him, like, firmly in wide receiver two territory at wide receiver 21. Yeah, which, I mean, to me, honestly feels kind of low because he's someone, when he's healthy with Tom Brady, is usually almost in, like, that 10 to 16 range. Right. So, yeah, I just, yeah, I mean, you've I to me – He's still got enough. I mean, he's going to catch five or six passes, probably for at least 50 yards. He's only cleared 50 once since Tom Brady came back. But I think he'll at least get six, five, six catches, 50 yards, which, you know, is enough of a floor with a theoretical ceiling that I don't mind putting him in like the 20 to 25 range. But yeah, I think he's a guy who usually should be higher, and I don't have him higher just because. Since Brady's been back in three games, he's only averaging nine targets, which is kind of modest for someone so dependent on volume. And with Martellus Bennett there, Martellus Bennett's had a quiet two weeks, the past two weeks, but maybe now with Bennett and Rob Gronkowski, just Edelman just isn't going to be nearly as big of a factor in the red zone as he was the past two seasons. And yeah, I just I think you know, there's always going to be that floor there with Tom Brady, and maybe eventually they're going to – I wouldn't be surprised at all if they reestablished the ceiling. But yeah, I just think – Enough of a floor, not his usual ceiling, so I've got him ranked as a low end. You know, having ranked wide receiver 21 in a week where there are six teams on by, you know, isn't a huge endorsement of Julian Edelman, in my opinion. Let's finish with um, kind of the Saints trio at wide receiver. Um, I specifically wanted to point out Michael Thomas at wide receiver 24. Um, obviously, they're going up against the Seahawks. And you have Brandon Cooks at number 15. Uh, Pat, I'll make this pitch. I think that Michael Thomas will outscore Brandon Cooks this week, and I'm fairly certain about it heading into the week. I wouldn't be shocked because I probably do like Michael Thomas's floor more this week. He's led the Saints in targets three of the past four games. Uh, had 10 catches for 130 yards last weekend, as you probably know, which I looked up. Uh, he never had 10 catches or 130 yards ever at Ohio State. Oh, so. wow, that's a good point. Yeah, he's already more productive than he ever was for the Buckeyes. But so I like his floor. And yeah, I think people are kind of I don't think people are sleeping on Michael Thomas, really. But I just think maybe he's risen a little higher than even like some of his fans realize. And he's just got such a nice floor in the league's most pass happy offense that I'm comfortable ranking him as a low end wide receiver two. I mean, kind of on that wide receiver two, three borderline against an elite defense. But I still have Cooks higher because. 
he runs enough snaps in the slot where he's not going to be you know, running at uh, Richard Sherman every play. And he's just such a ceiling guy where that I feel like he's one of those really frustrating wide receiver twos where obviously there are going to be weeks where he catches like three passes for 38 yards. But his ceiling is just so high, especially at home, that I have a really hard time leaving Brandon Cooks like outside of the top 15, top 16. Yeah, and the point is that even though they're going up against the Seahawks, they're still at home. And yeah, uh, their home I mean, splits are really good, both Cooks and obviously Drew Brees. So yeah, I mean, I like them both this week. You know, you don't have to denigrate Brandon Cooks yes, just do. to you prop up Michael Thomas. You got to do one <laughs> of it, man. Uh, so for everyone listening out there, we appreciate you listening, obviously, um, and subscribing and rating and reviewing. And Pat, I will talk to you next week, my man. See you then. Later, Josh. <laughs> <laughs>